0: Hello, everybody, welcome to the Dharma Toolkit Daily with me, Dasa and today a bumper crop of guests and team which is kind of fantastic because we're having an episode all about fun, which we'll talk about a bit more in a second. First of all, of course, we hope you're well, wherever you are. We hope you're doing okay. Not everybody's experience involves fun at the moment, and we're very mindful of that as we explore different topics on this podcast that people are in all sorts of different conditions and circumstances. Nonetheless, you're part of a community, and we hope that the voices you hear, the stories you hear, the experience you hear... Will be meaningful in that sense help keep you connected to a sense of your practice to your people to your peeps as it were you might have heard the theme tune to this podcast the theme tune is actually called make room for fun which is the title of this episode i have some friends of ours from a record that we all made a couple of years ago and when we wrote it down on the podcast sign up sheet one person in particular signed up for it and we'll introduce him in a little moment. He's joined by a couple of other guests, but first I want to introduce and say hello to my friend and colleague Stacey, Sihi, who's back on the team today. Welcome, Stacey.
1: Thanks, John Arasa. Yeah, I'm good. I've been out a few times today in the back garden, enjoying the sunshine. It's quite cold here in Dublin, but beautiful sunshine, so that's lovely.
0: That's nice to hear. You've got sunshine. It's been super stormy here on the sea coast in New Hampshire. Slightly bleak. It was like a bleak house being indoors all day yesterday. We've got a couple of other guests who we're going to introduce first. All the way from London, at extremely short notice, we had to pay a fortune to appear on this show, a duty.
2: Hello, Chandra Dasa. I'm here in London. I knew that I was going to be on this podcast about two minutes ago, just as I was winding up finishing the first week of an Artist's Way course online that I've just started. I wasn't totally sure whether to say yes or not, because I was just coming out of that space. But actually, as soon as I saw all of you, I had the sense that, oh, maybe like this today for me is making room for fun somehow.
0: Well, we're very glad you said yes. It's not often me get to just have a bit of a Zoom party for these podcasts. And somebody else who also said yes today is our friend Shraddhavani back for her second appearance. She's now an old pro with this. How are you doing today, Shraddhavani
3: I'm good. Yeah, we are having very sort of up and down in and out spring weather, which is nice. I'm doing well. I live alone. I'm definitely feeling the isolation, but it's good to stay connected this way to people.
0: We were talking in the podcast with Kamala Sheila, Sangadara and Yashibodi the other day about the experience of seeing all these jeweled faces on the screen whenever you do these Zoom sessions and how that's becoming a bit of practice or a part of practice. Is just this sort of illuminated, Sangadara was likening it to the image in the Diamond Sutra of the bubbles, the flashes, the stars, just the lit up pixels he was seeing on the screen with faces, which I thought was a very beautiful image. And it's a bit like that just looking at all of you in our podcast. And hello to our guest, the person who signed up, the person to whom we're extremely grateful for helping us build a conversation about what it means to build fun and lightness into difficult times from Nottingham, I think, in England, Pariga.
4: Yeah, hello everyone. Thanks for asking me, Chandra Dasar, to come on and uh, talk about this subject. As soon as you hear the word fun or doing something fun or talking about fun, I just immediately feel tense. So yeah, let's see how it goes though. Yeah, yeah. But I've been giving it a fair bit of thought as well, which has been actually quite interesting to do. So, yeah. Yeah, it's lovely
0: to have you, Paragat. Maybe you could sort of let people know where you're from, what you do, you know, why you decided to sign up for today's podcast when you saw the range of topics.
4: Yeah, I'm Paragat. I'm from Nottingham. I've only been back in Nottingham actually for about six months. Previous to that, I was living at Padmaloka for about five years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good being in Nottingham. Just currently working, I work for a homeless charity and I work remotely at the moment, which is quite strange. But yeah, I'm good, I'm good. I suppose just like everyone just getting used to these very weird circumstances. And I don't know, just very aware that lots of people are going to be struggling. And at the same time, I can't help feeling there's a... I don't know if it's personally or collectively. There feels to be a lot of opportunity around as well at the moment. So, yeah, essentially, I'm I'm good. I'm good, yeah. I'd
0: imagine that's quite strong work, working with the homeless at this particular time at this. Just people are very vulnerable and, you know, probably not in as good conditions as many of us are.
4: Yeah, that's true. I mean, they're pretty much always in a pretty bad place, obviously. But I don't know that they're in a worse place than normal at the moment. Certainly, of the ones I'm working with, have been put into a hotel and so on. So some of them are actually a bit better off because there's a lot of funding just quickly gone into getting people off the street. So in a way, it's quite strange for them so some of them are probably doing better than they would be if, if there wasn't the lockdown, actually, which is just a bit bizarre. But that's the way it is. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mm, yeah, that's very interesting, isn't it? That's the, these kind of topsy-turvy times that we are all coursing through together. I suppose it's good to acknowledge at the start of the podcast, before we dive right in, that there is a certain juxtaposition between the idea of making room for fun when so many people are kind of finding so much challenge ahead of them and there being something quite uncertain just about the time frame. Nobody knows how long it will last. That partly depends on where you live, how your government's responding, all the rest of it. I think one way into a conversation about the opportunity of lightness and keeping another aspect of our human experience alive, another way into that is something Stacey I you mentioned when we were talking about this podcast earlier, which is a poem that has a particular line in it that you love. So I wonder if you could maybe talk us into it that way.
1: Well, I don't know if you remember this Chandradasa book, it's probably a few weeks ago now, although it was a distant, distant memory. When we first started this podcast, we were sort of brainstorming ideas, topics for the podcast themes. And I actually came up with this idea of fun. And it's kind of interesting now because where I'm at now is slightly different from where I was when I suggested that. And at the moment, I'm, I'm in a friend's house staying here on my own. And the last few days, I haven't actually felt like I was having all that much fun myself. So it's kind of been feeling like a video that a friend of mine sent me this morning. It was one of those sort of funny videos people have been sending around. And it was about a woman from about four months ago meeting herself right now. And the advice that she would give to her, her future self. And so it kind of feels a little bit like that. Uh, So I've been trying to connect in. Why did I suggest fun as a topic? And what came to mind was this really beautiful poem by a poet called Tony Hoagland, which I'll read out to you in in a minute. And I think it's basically a reminder yeah, a reminder about the importance of having pleasure in our lives as much as we are going through a really difficult time. And I think what can often happen is that there's this sense that we need to carry ourselves in a way that reflects the enormity, the seriousness of the situation. And obviously, That's really important. But I guess there's also something, I don't know for me, about holding things lightly as well. Yeah, and being in touch with, yeah, it was fun, I guess. So this is the poem. I'll just read this out to you now. And it's called The Word by Tony Hoagland. Down near the bottom of the crossed out list of things you have to do today, between green thread and broccoli, you find that you have penciled sunlight Resting on the page, the word is beautiful. It touches you as if you had a friend and sunlight were a present he had sent you from someplace distant as this morning, to cheer you up and to remind you that among your duties, pleasure is a thing that also needs accomplishing. Do you remember that time and light are kinds of love? And love is no less practical than a coffee grinder or a safe spare tire. Tomorrow you may be utterly without a clue, but today you get a telegram from the heart in exile, claiming that the kingdom still exists. The king and queen alive, still speaking to their children. To anyone among them who can find the time to sit out in the sun and listen.
4: Mm, Beautiful. That line,
0: what was it? Pleasure is a thing that also needs accomplishing.
1: Yeah, I guess the context of among your duties, pleasure is a thing that also needs accomplishing. I think having a perspective on both, obviously there are things that need to be done, work that needs to be done. For some people, it's not even work. They might have to just be at home or face into whatever situation they have to face into. But that pleasure is also part of our experience and can enrich us. And I suppose in some ways, speaking maybe personally I know that when I'm resourced best to deal with difficulty I'm able to hold things lighter and having a sense of fun having a sense of pleasure in my life it just really helps with that.
0: Yeah indeed great. So Paraga yeah you signed up for a podcast called Make Room for Fun. I'm sort of interested if you've got any response to that idea of one of our duties in a way is to make room for pleasure to kind of see it as part of our perspective.
4: Cause well, I keep thinking about, so I'm going to misquote someone horrendously here. So this is a misquote, which I shouldn't do, from Sangha who started to in the Buddhist order. So a friend of mine said that apparently Sangha had said that you can't be serious if you want to be serious. So I just keep thinking about that, that there's something about we sort of have a responsibility to take life as seriously as we can. But, you know, how do you do that without getting heavy about it? You know, without having a sort of heaviness to your life and your experience, because life's a bit of a serious event, isn't it? And how to sort of engage in it, holding it lightly and seeing that, oh, I don't know, and taking it seriously as, as well. I mean, that's just something I've been reflecting on recently around this thing of fun, joy, pleasure. But often we can think about those things as being sort of frivolous or even not needed sometimes, particularly this idea of fun, you know, or just letting your hair down. But it just does seem that it's something that's it's just really essential. Otherwise, if you're really serious and heavy about everything, particularly about life, when it should really just be so much joy and pleasure, then you've probably got it wrong somewhere in some way. I mean, that's just a reflection. That's not a judgment call on anyone or anything. Yeah, yeah. I'm aware that you're a
0: working, practicing artist. Is that part of the kind of idea of playing with light and colour and texture and all those things? Is there a sort of fun or pleasure aspect to making work?
4: Yeah, definitely. I mean, when, when my sort of image making is at its best, it's literally nothing more than just enjoying pushing different shapes around a piece of paper or just, you know, moving paint in a particular way or just mark making just the pleasure of enjoying the texture of paint is just so idyllic and kind of beautiful That for me in a way just that and having particular music on in the background it's just so it just feels so sort of beautiful and yeah I guess kind of playful and and just sort of deeply pleasurable and also unlike any other sort of part of my life in a way as well yeah
2: Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like I've got quite a complex relationship with fun. Like when you wrote to me just then Chandradasa, and said the podcast is about fun, I had this response of, oh, I I couldn't possibly participate then. I'm so sincere or something. I kind of relate to myself more as serious or have a view around seriousness somehow. My experience has been in the last years, often my friends and teachers will ask me questions like, are you having enough fun? How could you have more fun? Yeah, sometimes I find that painful. Like I, I don't really resonate with fun as a word. I think it has too much connotation for me of, of frivolity that I find disconnecting. But what I did relate to in the poem that said, so I see he read out was the kind of juxtaposition or the contrast between these sort of moments of spaciousness and pleasure in contrast to the list of the things that you have to do today. And that does feel very important to me. So I do value a sense of sort of spaciousness, pleasure, play and spontaneity, something around when you're engaging in an activity or in a space that feels non utilitarian, there's something that I find very kind of opening about that. And then it is more likely that I'll become more playful in that context.
0: It's funny because when you wrote me that little message saying, oh, I'm too sincere, my first thing was like, just to remember how much you laugh usually in conversation. <laughs> there's a stream of laughter that flows along. And uh, what you were saying there reminded me a little bit of the Japanese poet Ryokin or Ryokin sometimes. Those poems of his where, you know, on the one hand, he's a Zen monk living in the wilderness in solitude. But he's often writing about playing ball with the local kids in the village and sometimes drinking a little too much sake with some of the old men in the village and stumbling his way home in the moonlight. And it's like the seriousness and the the duty of pleasure seem to be quite hand in hand sometimes.
2: Yeah, I love that. I think it's important to me that any sense of fun and pleasure is also still in relationship with the capacity to turn towards suffering to be earthed in some way yeah that example of where i can resonates
3: i resonate with quite a bit that akasha jyoti said the poem also struck me quite powerfully i'm kind of a recovering workaholic so i guess in the years of my life that might have been the prime yeah it was very hard to give my full attention to anything else even my children i notice now When I'm with my granddaughter, the joy in that comes in just letting go of everything else and giving her my full attention. And the idea of playing ball, that resonates too. That's one of the things we love to do. So in a way, I guess if I look at my trajectory out of that pattern, well, the colloquial term would be, you know, trying to get a life (laughs) and just giving myself space to enjoy a sunny day. After so many days in my study, not going out in spring or summer or whatever, but continuing to work and being so driven by that. So it does have a very serious intent in a way of being fully present to life and the pleasure in that and often fun, but just a more more full experience of life. I'm kind of struck by what you said, Casa Jyoti,
1: about when you were first asked about this particular podcast, you felt you couldn't because one of the words you use about yourself is sincere. I'm coming from a different place, actually, and I, I don't know if it's because I'm Irish and in Ireland, this idea of being good fun, or what we call here having the crack, so that's crack with an I in it, which maybe people wouldn't pick up on. Having a good sense of humour is really quite highly valued. So I feel maybe culturally even, that's something that I, well, I guess maybe I sort of have an appreciation of. I think we've all probably touched on it having that balance of taking things seriously, but not in that heavy way that Parago was talking about. When I'm most effective, I'm also most playful, I think in some ways. Maybe something about, it comes from a place of creativity. Fun can make it sound very frivolous. I don't know, maybe fun because... It's like one of those words that straddles a spectrum of different things you could be talking about. Maybe playfulness resonates a bit more, holding things lightly.
0: Parag, in the particular kind of weirdness that we're in, in these strange circumstances, what have you found yourself turning towards to meet this aspect of your being that needs to be held and kind of present as part of your experience?
4: I suppose it doesn't feel like I've turned towards anything in particular you I've carried on doing what I you know get a lot of benefit from which is sort of you know listening to music and painting in a way I've just carried on doing that and that's been straightforward because I've got my sort of studio upstairs and that's kind of easy to do and there's even in a way more opportunity to do that at the moment working from home the other thing about playfulness or moving your energy around more or whatever it is is it's really kind of contextual isn't it so it sometimes feels like going on a walk I feel much more like my energy is moving and I'm enjoying myself and I'm just walking around the block sort of thing, which just seems ridiculous in a way. So it feels really sort of contextual that normally that wasn't something I would find particularly interesting. But, you know, as we're in lockdown, just going on a walk around the block, getting out of the house, you know, I just feel quite at ease. It's nice to sort of be on my own and do that. I think the thing I'm probably missing most that I have a good movement of energy with is just being around a broader span of people, you know, just being in more regular connection with friends, meeting up with people. I think that's what I'm missing. But of course, you know, one's able to do that with sort of video calling and and this and that. But it's not the same, is it, as when you're actually with friends and so on. I suppose on another
0: level, it's just like, well, what are you listening to? Like, what sort of music are you listening to in the studio? If you don't mind, like, give us a a sense of the particular sources that you turn back to if they're what you usually listen to.
4: Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a leading question, would Dasa. I (laughs) I mean, I've got quite a wide range of musical tastes, but I really like just quite heavy music. I still kind of go back to music that I was probably listening to when I was 16 years old, which is, you know, thrash metal, Death Metal, Grindcore, Napalm Death, Bolt Thrower. I really like a lot of that music. It has some quality, particularly when I'm painting. Of, There's a slightly ecstatic quality with listening to quite intense music and just being absorbed in the sort of image making. So there's that. There's also, you know, I'm a huge fan of Nick Cave and some similar artists, but at the same time, I've really found myself not wanting to listen to stuff like Nick Cave during the lockdown because... That yeah, way. yeah, it's yeah. just a little, you know, there's just, something, there's a darkness to that that I'm not quite connecting with at the moment, but, you know, there's loads of other sort of similar artists that I'm listening to. But there's definitely something about a quality of image making and, you know, listening to, like, Extreme noise, terror or slayer and just, just just feeling a bit ecstatic in a way, which has connotations of beauty, you know, this idea of ecstasy and you're sort of moved outside of your normal, not that it's abnormal to me anymore, but you're moved outside of your normal frame of reference in a way just contacting that sense of you're moving energy that in no way is going to be stopped or hindered or blocked by yourself or the conditions you're in and it's just really enjoyable but I suppose that can happen on different levels it's either you know the intensity of listening to music like that or it's like I said it's just going through a walk around the block and just feeling that oh there's a quality of energy here that feels like it can just move in any direction and is also very content as well.
3: Well, I really resonate with the bit about taking an unusual amount of pleasure in the weather and being out and not taking it for granted in the way we maybe used to. It does have a sort of exquisite quality to it, especially, well, on Monday, we had a major storm come through. It rained heavily and was very windy all day. And then to have a sunny day following that under these conditions of lockdown just sort of amplified the shift one felt in the barometric pressure and everything else and the joy of getting out. And then I also resonate with the music. I've been listening to a lot of West African music and dancing. And that has been maybe the major source of just really letting go and yeah, just enjoying the flow of the music and how it loosens everything up.
2: It's interesting that contrast between, well, what Paraguay
3: was evoking about the degree of
2: contentment and the enjoyment of simpler, yeah, simpler things. I moved from a retreat centre in rural Herefordshire, which is in the Midlands of the UK, at the end of last year. And I chose to move to London partly to orient myself to more fun, if you like, more aliveness. And I was really looking forward to making the most of the culture and the art and the music down here and I did get to do a bit of that before the lockdown but now I find myself without that opportunity and I guess I just notice more the enjoyment in things that are here so like the other day I went down to the kitchen I live in a community with 11 other women and Katrine who is originally from Sweden was making Swedish cinnamon and cardamom buns and I just got involved and then we ended up making a whole load of them and packaging them up and delivering them to other communities other Buddhist communities in the area or going out for bike rides or one of my favorite things to do at the moment is to sit on my window ledge looking out over the road in the sunshine. I've started learning guitar I can play enough notes to sing along to which is the main point. Yeah so there's an enjoyment of of simpler things and it's a bit of a contrast to what i was expecting moving to london
0: i don't know if anybody else has had the experience of just the familiar being important in this like i've noticed for myself that two things i have been paying attention to this week are there's a new album out by the strokes and the strokes is kind of a favorite band of mine from the last 20 years and the last time in a way the strokes were really relevant was during 9-11 in 2001 in a way that was the sound of that particular time. It's very interesting that they've got this record out now that's become popular here already. And just the familiarity of a certain sound, a certain kind of music that you know, it just feels like a real comfort. And the same principle of comfort viewing, the very little television that I've had any time to watch has been going back to Star Trek The Next Generation and watching comfort sci-fi. Something to do with the kind of positivity and the optimism of that particularly after we were talking in one of the previous podcasts about the latest show in the Star Trek area which is all quite modern and bleak and dark so it's quite nice to go back to this kind of sunnier yeah seemingly more positive something that was quite familiar and usually when I look at something like science fiction as a genre or speculative fiction I'm interested in people like Ursula Le Guin and what she's got to say about the way societies operate and run themselves But at the moment, that definitely needs leavened and lightened by something else. So, yeah, Jean-Luc Picard and the Enterprise is kind of working for late night space between work and bed for me.
1: Yeah, well, I can relate to the sort of familiarity and also this idea of choosing what you're bringing your attention to carefully. And for me, one of the things I brought when I moved here a couple of weeks ago was my ukulele. And my ukulele is a source of joy to me. It's one of those instruments that you cannot not feel happy listening to it. Maybe people will disagree with that, but actually I think I'm right, I have to say. It's just such a beautiful, joyful sound to it. And I had been doing lessons And I think when the lockdown hit, the final lesson was cancelled. But my ukulele teacher decided to run lessons on Zoom. It's quite surreal, actually, attending these lessons. And they're not so much lessons anymore. It's more like playing along sessions where we kind of recap the sort of things we've already learned and play them together. And even to say we play them together is probably not entirely correct because... (laughs) <laughs> we have to mostly mute ourselves so you just hear yourself playing along with the teacher but that has definitely been a source of joy to me just to plug in yeah I guess it's something creative it's something that you can just I suppose be absorbed in that can be just really lovely just to kind of go with the music I've also been listening to music The music I've been wanting to listen to is just this particular band at the moment because it makes me feel like dancing it's a band called tuba skinny and they sort of have I don't know quite know how you describe them, traditional jazz music. They're sort of a smallish band based in New Orleans, a street band, and their music is just kind of joyful music as well. And that somehow seems important, just to have music that makes me want to dance. And because I'm here on my own I can dance and I can sing all I want and there will be no one holding their ears or shutting their eyes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a nice image of you dancing around your flat that we see on Zoom in meetings every day.
3: Mm, Yeah.
4: Just hearing people talk about their responses in the lockdown and uh, there's a to playing the guitar and, and, you know, spending time looking out the window, Shivani dancing, C um, so in a ukulele. And none of that surprised me whatsoever, because I think as long as we're trying to have some sense of meaning in our lives, then, you know, the spontaneity and playfulness just naturally, it can't but come with that you can't have a life of genuine meaning without there being a playfulness and happiness that comes on the back of that. Even if life's hard sometimes and difficult and all the rest of it, it's like, you know, it's just no surprise just seeing even across the globe, and I know people are really suffering, and at the same time, there's a potency and a creativity in people that you're just seeing arising, which is naturally and instinctively, I think it's irrepressible. And just hearing the four of you talk about you know what you've been up to, it just doesn't surprise me at all that it's almost like we don't have to do an awful lot to have fun, you know, to be playful, and to have meaning in our life. It's like you don't have to do too much in a way, providing you're not daft about it and you've got some sort of common sense with finding meaning in your life. But it was just really lovely to hear from the others about how they were sort of doing that and also seeing that reflected more widely in other people. Yeah,
3: I feel like you spoke earlier about the opportunity in all of this. And in a way, all of our to-do lists have changed quite radically. I mean, I think maybe Chandra does. This has gotten longer and more demanding. But for a lot of people... It's gotten radically less or it changed in important ways, not having a commute or other things that create more time. And I think there is an opportunity in that to live more fully, as you were saying. Maybe that will be something that we carry out of this over the years, more of an appreciation of the need for that and the possibility of it in our lives. Like Akash Jodi was saying, the simpler things, you know. We're all, in a way, having to turn towards those. Can't go out to a bar or a restaurant or a nightclub or an opera or, you know, whatever, whatever it was. I like that aspect of this topic.
0: Mm. It was interesting how people respond to both the challenge and the opportunity just now. We were talking with Kamala Sheila the other day in Yashbodi Sangadara about, for a lot of people, they've not really had to make screen time, computer screen time, that meaningful particularly in terms of collective consciousness, as it were. Like most people's screen time, when it's meaningful, is centred on what they're doing or what they're consuming, as it were. And suddenly this is almost the only context we have for other people. This is kind of what you see on your computer screen. And there's a kind of weighty side to that. But last night, my wife Laura showed me a video, a pop music video, that this band called Tao and the Get Down Stay Down had made. They were about to film a music video in California when the lockdown happened. And they'd got all these dancers, they'd done all the rehearsals and everything. So they basically rehearsed it again in Zoom. I mean, this is quite hard to understand. When you see this video, we'll link to it in the show notes, but there's maybe 16 people at one point in Zoom. And I'd assumed that they'd all edited individual bits of video together in a very complex way. What they'd actually done was do the whole thing live in a Zoom call. And it's (laughs) kind of really remarkable to watch. Just the creative response immediately to something as simple as the medium that you're using on your computer totally synchronized dance routines people playing music etc it's absolutely amazing to watch Kastiyoti did you have anything you wanted to say about um either what Shadavani said or what Paraga said about the, the kind of phenomenal creativity thing
2: the line that was in my mind was the laughter of the unchained mind which is a rendering of a particular line of a mantra. I guess I was just thinking that in a way at the moment we are radically unchained. We're unchained from our routines and our habits. And there is a, a freedom and a creativity to that that can be very delightful in moments. So I yeah, I related to what Edgar and Shalvani were saying about the opportunity woven through the challenge.
0: It's a nice thought, isn't it? May our minds all remain unchained. When this is over, as it were, or find some aspect of being unchained, it's a pretty good image. It's a good image to start to draw the conversation to close. I will thank and say goodbye to our guests in a little second. But in a way, since the point of this podcast is community, I hope you out there feel yourself part of the community. I hope you'll have your own conversations and sharing and ways to help each other, support each other in finding the beauty and the lightness and the deeper strains and pools of pleasure in having a common purpose together, being in a common community together. We'll be online supporting you through the lockdown, regardless of how long it lasts. There's plenty of resources to dip into. You can go to thebuddhacenter.com slash toolkit and take part in meditation. Find inspiring, meaningful bits of wisdom to take with you through your days, through your weeks. Lots more of these podcast conversations and stories and voices to hear. And I'd like to thank Paragai, you, for kicking us off in this conversation, helping turn our minds to fun.
4: Yeah, thanks Chandrata, Karsha fun in. So I see he, yeah, good to talk, good to just sort of share some, again, similar reflections that it looks like you've all had around, I don't know, just the creative mind at this time of struggling away. So, yeah, thanks a lot, Chandr for inviting me on. Thank
0: you. And Akastuti, thanks to, to you, particularly for being so heroic and coming at the last minute and sharing the laughter of your unchained mind with us.
2: It's been a pleasure, actually. Like, I, it's much less scary than I thought it would be. It felt like a very uplifting moment in my day. I don't really know Paragra or Shadavani very well. And I just felt very lovely to be on a call with you both. And of course, you too, Blasa and Sudayasi here.
0: Yeah, it's been lovely to have you too. And Shadavani, also a total hero coming in this morning and being just an ongoing good friend and supporter of everything that happens at Dharma Chakra.
3: Thanks so much. Oh, it's been great to be part of it. And yeah, old friends, new friends, it's all it's all wonderful. So I'm just, thank you so much for for doing this, making it happen and giving us these opportunities to reflect. It's very helpful.
0: And thanks very much to you too, Stacey, for joining us to talk about where your mind and heart goes when you're looking for some lightness.
3: Yeah, thanks,
1: Chandra Dassa, and thanks to everyone. It's really good to hear what you've been up to and yeah hopefully we can all get out there and have more fun
0: (laughs) so thanks to you two for listening yeah may your minds remain unchained may your hearts hold some lightness through all the challenge and the struggle and yeah just know that everybody's bearing you in mind there's a community of people out there who one way or the other know something of what it's like and that there's strength for us all in being a community wherever we are in the world We'll be back soon, of course, with another episode, another theme, another set of voices and stories. But for now, take care, and we'll speak to you soon.